Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Intern Capital. Everyone knows interns make the world go round, so when it comes to picking out your interns, make sure you choose the best. The best you say, that's right, the best. And everyone knows all the best interns come from Intern Capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on Twitter and keep an eye out April 14th for the Intern FT Mint launching on One Planet. Links are in the show notes. And for more information, check out intern.capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on on Twitter for daily ship posts and stock tips. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly, Chain Governance with Chandra Station. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. We're going to kick it off here in a couple minutes, just waiting for our speakers to get in. So stay tuned. And yeah, we'll start here in about three or four or five minutes. Thanks for joining. Hope everyone's having a fantastic I believe it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday. This is a new time. Usually we're doing these at 10 a.m., but uh, I think you might have noticed Osmosis does their weekly kind of reports at 10 a.m. So uh, we're actually moving this to 11 a.m. every Wednesday. So that will be the new time. And it looks like we have our speakers here. So let's test out their microphones. Hey, Greg, can you hear me all right? Yep, loud and clear. Yep. Excellent. And I believe we have Chalabi joining from Chandra Station. Hey, Chalabi, can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Excellent. Cool. So we're going to give it maybe two more minutes here, waiting for some more folks to jump in, and we'll kick it off at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So go grab a coffee or water, and we'll start here in about two minutes or so. When is the osmosis update supposed to be done? Is it still going? Uh, I believe they usually last an hour. Um, I know sometimes they can go a little over, but usually they last an hour. Everybody's there. We got to get those people here. Yeah, I talked to the Osmosis folks and they said they're going to start doing it at 10 a.m. from now on every Wednesday because I guess they're doing them in Berkeley now where I think they were doing them someplace else before. That's why they're at 7 a.m. Yeah, they should. Uh, they'll be hanging out in our office, the new Cosmo Central that's uh, coming up in San Francisco. <laughs> don't give away the don't give away the goat yet. You got to keep some some secret secret, right? No. <laughs> Very soon, everyone is going to converge. <laughs> All right, give another minute or so, and we'll kick things off. All right, so it is 11 a.m. here, Pacific Standard Time. So I think we're going to start this off. So welcome everyone. Thank you for jumping into today's event. My name is Adam Wozni, and I head up the community here at Overclock Labs, and I'll also be your host for today's conversation. So today we're going to be covering all things on-chain governance within Akash, the Cosmos ecosystem, and beyond. Uh, if you have any questions throughout today's conversation, just make a speaker request, and I'll get you involved. Um, feel free to make that speaker request at any time throughout my conversations, or when we open up to audience questions, we'll try to get you in as much as we can. Um, we do have a lot to cover today, so I kind of wanted to jump right into some Akasha updates and then uh, get to introducing our guests. So since our last Twitter Spaces event last week, Wednesday, we've had a lot happen here at Akash and a lot of things that are kind of still in flight. So this week, the Overclock Labs team is actually meeting in person to work together and actually plan for some activities over the next few months. So I'm hoping to share some updates on what we all cover th uh, this week, next week. 
Uh, we do have some more big news uh, for folks that joined, uh, I think it was maybe two weeks ago at Twitter Spaces with Chanda. Um, we do have a few new members of the team. And at this point, 50% of leadership at Overclocked Labs is female. Um, that's a stat that we're really proud of. Um, and it's kind of unique to the space. So we're pretty happy with that. Uh, we are continuing to work on mainnet upgrades, uh, mainnet uh, implementation from our testnet that we recently ran. Things are still in flight there, but the team is hard at work behind the scenes kind of preparing for mainnet. Um, as a reminder for everyone that participated in the testnet challenges, there were thousands upon thousands of submissions. Um, so thank you for that. However, that is... Uh, leading to us reviewing those challenges, which does take a little bit of time. So we're currently working with some of our uh, community insiders, our Akash insiders, our kind of community ambassadors, working with some internal team members to review those challenges. And we're hoping to start uh, rewarding folks that participated in the test net starting in the next few days, weeks ahead. Um, one other fun update is there was an update to Akashalytics. So now you can send commands from the command line, uh, multi-lease and service selections in the logs have been improved, which is pretty cool. And you can now download a file from a lease. Um, I believe there's a few more updates on that as well. Uh, but if you head over to the Akashalytics Discord page, I believe in the announcements channel, you can learn more all about Akashalytics updates. And then uh, the final one, which is kind of a fun one, Greg has been invited to a, well, I would say a friendly discussion with Flux. Um, for those that aren't familiar with Flux, they offer different services, <laughs> but we'll let Greg in that call. I believe it's going to be Twitter Spaces, is that right, Greg? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a live video. A Got it. Okay. Fun. Cool. So once once we uh, get that scheduled and uh, all set up, it'll be great for everyone to join that because I think it'll be a very insightful uh, and friendly discussion with uh, the folks over at Flux. And um, I, I I know there's some Chan Chandra Station updates. I don't know if uh, Chalabi, you want to jump in and give a few updates from your side before we kind of get into introductions. Well, well before we uh, done uh, one more thing. Uh, so uh, there is another app in the Akash ecosystem called Praetor. Uh, if you are not familiar with Praetor, I see Praetor folks in the uh, in the chat today. Praetor is a brand new uh, platform for simplifying, um, you know, uh, simplifying Akash provider uh, onboarding. Right, so it's beautifully designed. I've seen the demo; it blew my mind. Uh, it's what Akash Analytics did for deployments. Praetor is doing for. Uh, provider management right so if you want to become an akash provider i highly recommend go going and checking out Praetor, p-r-a-e-t-o-r app.com uh you can just simply uh, you know uh, have a data center or even you can, you can start off with a cloud provider just if you want to get your hands dirty and click 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 it'll install all the uh, you know your necessary dependencies when it comes to kubernetes making necessary configurations install the akash daemon all that stuff um, so we now have a full gamut of UI uh, on top of Akash. I'm really proud that ecosystem projects like these are coming to fruition that simplify Akash adoption. So congratulations, uh, Praetor, and uh, really looking forward to using Praetor more. Thank you for that, Greg. Yes, huge, huge shout out to the whole Praetor team. A lot of hard work behind the scenes getting that up and going. Um, cool. So that's kind of it for the updates for this week. And now I want to kind of get to guest introductions. So first up is a man who many of you know, uh, many of you should know, Greg Usuri, founder and Akash and or founder of Akash and CEO of Overclock Labs. Prior to Akash, Greg founded AngelHack, the world's largest hackathon organization with over 200,000 developers all across the globe. He started his career at IBM and later designed Kaiser Permanente's first cloud architecture. As an expert in open source, distributed systems, and blockchain development, Greg has been featured in top-tier publications such as the New York Times, Coindesk, Cointelegraph, Forbes, TechCrunch, and Yahoo Finance, just to name a few. Welcome, Greg. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you so much. Excellent. And next up, we have Chalabi over at Chandra Station. So <laughs> this is a very short and sweet bio. Chalabi is the co-founder of Chandra Station, a proof-of-stake validator in the Cosmos ecosystem. Welcome, Chalabi. How are you doing today? Thanks, man. Doing well. Good to have you here. Good to have you back. <laughs> um, cool. So I do have a handful of questions that I'm going to kind of kick off this conversation with Greg and Chalabi. But at any point, if anyone listening in does have a question for Greg or Chalabi, just make a speaker request and I'll get you in on the conversation. 
So I'm going to kick it off with Greg. So I kind of want to start with the definition or the definition of governance on a blockchain. So on-chain governance is defined as a system for managing and implementing changes to cryptocurrency blockchains. In this type of governance, rules for instituting changes are encoded into the blockchain protocol. Developers propose changes through code updates, and each token owner votes on whether to accept or reject the proposed change. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I kind of wanted to start at the top. So as I just stated, on-chain governance is a system for managing and implementing changes to blockchains. What other systems do blockchains offer to for proposed updates to a network, and what system does Akash use? Well, uh, I, I don't think there is any other like so far. You know, the only two ways, right, really to update a system. Uh, you know, especially a system that's immutable. So for Bitcoin, there is no formal way of like updating Bitcoin, right? And there's a foundation. People propose it's it's a heck of a burden, and Bitcoin really. You know, if you think about it, should not be updated. Bitcoin is Bitcoin, and 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 you know, Bitcoin gets its strength because it doesn't update. But you know, moving on from Bitcoin to like Ethereum, Ethereum really had didn't really have an on-site, uh, you know, on-chain governance. It has a foundation-based government, which is like extremely slow and extremely political, right? Uh, uh, and if you look at that. You know, you know the outcome of the of the foundation-based governance, which is, you know, they've been trying to get to proof of stake for, for, for since the beginning of uh, of uh, its existence, and you know, have been failing at it. Uh, anyway, so I think more effective way of governance is on chain. Uh, on chain governance really puts onus on the token holders uh, to make proposals. And the uh, expectation is the the primary chain will follow the uh, vote and respect the vote. If there there is disagreement between token holders, uh, the chain can fork itself and become a new chain. Right. So on-chain governance is really an evolution on governance. Governance is the way you modify or, or evolve a blockchain, because you know uh, the expectation that blockchains shouldn't change uh, is fundamentally wrong because you know, uh, at least the protocols uh, shouldn't change fundamentally wrong because, uh, as we know, any new product requires that uh, ability to learn from its users and evolve from its user needs, right? And no blockchain, no product in general, uh, when it launches, is perfect. It shouldn't be perfect. If it's perfect, you waited too long, right? So uh, governance is a way to evolve and improve protocols. And I think the on-chain governance really uh, traces back its roots to Tezos, right? Tezos was the first sort of like proof of stake system that uh, pioneered or began the on-chain governance and, and Cosmos really picked it up and evolved to a point. It became extremely uh, fluid, right? So Akash adopted on-chain governance uh, from the get-go using a delegated proof of stake system. The way it works in Akash is very simple. Each token gets one vote. And these uh, tokens, these votes are delegated to a validator uh, and validator votes on behalf of the user. But the, but the stakers or the users have direct uh, democracy too, where you can override a validator's vote uh, and that vote will ultimately matter. So even if, you know, even if there is a, even in the condition where validators might vote uh, on an issue that may not be in, in in alignment with the stakers that can always be changed. So ultimately the owner of the token will have the ultimate like control or ultimate say per se uh, on, uh, on, on the direction of a blockchain. So, uh, you know, there are various sort of like implications when it comes to how long a vote should be out for and how long should it take to implement. The longer it is, the more secure. So in Akash Network, we have about 20, about a two week wait period from the time a proposal is posted, anyone can post a proposal, anyone and everyone can vote uh, without needing any uh, permission or, or whatnot. So it's extremely like, uh, you know, uh, extremely efficient system, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, we've seen quite a bit on all, all kinds of like participation. I mean, the greatest example being the Juno, recent Juno Prop 16, um, you know, where you had like 97% turnout uh, all the way 
to osmosis in a car. So, and, and, and I think Cosmos is definitely the pioneer, or not the pioneer, but at least the number one uh, on-chain governance uh, uh, system there is. So I kind of wanted to follow up on, on something you said. So like the token owners really kind of can help, you know, control or um, spearhead kind of changes to the chain. So is there potential for, um, for, I don't know, a black for better word to explain this as buying votes. So essentially you buy it or you, you know, get a token, you stake it. And if there's a governance proposal that you really want to make sure it's implemented, could you just buy a bunch of tokens, stake it, and then you know you're essentially buying the the governance proposal approval? Sure, but buying tokens means you're increasing stake in the network. So if if you're a staker, you should have your way, right? Absolutely, and that's what a fluid democracy should should encourage. So if if there's a like a bad actor that wants to like kill Akash Network, let's say IBM. Or whatnot. I'm not saying IBM is bad or anything, but you know, IBM is a big company. But let's say some or Amazon, okay, let's put the bad guy in the room. Amazon wants to like destroy Akash, they can go and actually buy up all the Akash tokens. So the question is like will Akash holders sell? Right? So there are about like uh, you know, seventy three percent of Akash tokens are currently staked. That means you can't just sell these tokens, right? So uh, you if IBM if uh, Amazon is making a big play they had to wait for the stakers to unbond those tokens and then sell those tokens to Amazon. And in that very act, the price of Akash will like skyrocket. So it becomes extremely expensive expensive for uh, to attack. So the security of the blockchain is as good as its, uh, its value, right? In the proof of stake system, that's something to keep in mind. Got it. So governance is good. <laughs> Uh-huh. Governance is good. You know, that's how the, the largest stakeholders should, uh, stakeholder should ultimately have a say in, in how, uh, in, the, in the direction, right? So we have some sort of governance in your creation flow systems for public companies through shareholder voting or whatnot, but that is not, there's no guarantee that if shareholders vote, uh, uh, you know, uh, that you know, there's, there's no transparency or there's no openness to the whole process. But it's with, uh, with crypto, with, with Web3, uh, that that is a fundamentally fix the transparency and the openness. Got it. Very cool. So I wanted to kind of toss it over to Chalabi and get you in the conversation here. So as I mentioned, um, in the type of governance that we're discussing, rules for instituting changes are encoded into the blockchain protocol. Uh, I was hoping you could maybe talk about what that process looks like. You know, who's involved? Um, and really, the reason why I'm asking is I think a lot of people don't fully understand who has the access to actually implement updates to a public blockchain or an open source blockchain. So could anyone, uh, you know, a nefarious actor, for example, update blockchain protocols? Yeah, I think to Greg's point, what makes um, governance on Cosmos so fluid is you can, as long as you hold the minimum deposit amount of tokens needed to propose a uh, something on chain you can submit that proposal yourself so i think currently anybody with a thousand akt can submit a proposal on chain whether you're a good or bad actor and we saw that happen with juno prop 16 right where you had yeah. cc ccn submit a proposal i haven't gone through the, the proposal but yes it's possible yeah prop 18 on juno is currently from what people are characterizing a bad actor, right? So he, he put 500 Juno on chain and, and now there's a proposal for people to vote on. Got and that's it. what may, adds a beautiful, like proof of stake, the core tenet of proof of stake is community. Like you, it, it really encourages people to be part of the conversation, understand what these proposals, understand where they're coming from and, and vote accordingly, right? And that promotes a sense of strong bonding between the token holders. And that's really, is critical for evolution uh, of any protocol, right? So in, in this DNA, com- community becomes a competitive mode and governance is the ultimate uh, catalyst, right? Like see what that example turned out in like for Prop 16 in Juno at 90, 98% or highest ever turnout. Right? And that's because of a strong sense of community, right? And now people are recognizing Prop 18 has been proposed by a bad actor and people are coming together and voting against it. So yes, it is possible for a bad actor to propose, and uh, the 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 success of the proposal and success of 
a bad, I mean, uh, the you know, success of a bad actor uh, really uh, depends on the community coming together and community is voting against. And this, what makes this, this ecosystem very, very uh, amazing, you know? Yeah, I think it's cool how that proposal, that sentiment is going to be echoed throughout the entire ecosystem. And we're going to have more people voting with their own votes instead of just following their validator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So you kind of mentioned, uh, you touched on community, Greg. So um, community members can propose changes through, you know, code updates. Um, validators, token holders, random anons on the internet, like who can actually, we kind of discussed a little bit, but who can really propose those updates? And really the question is, what's the process look like for proposing updates to the Akash network, for example, like Chalabi just mentioned, you know, minimum of 1000 AKT to propose an update to Akash. Um, is that much different than any other kind of proof of stake network? Well, so Cosmos SDK um, uh, based chains have very similar, uh, you know, a process, but vary on the minimum deposit required and the length uh, the, of the voting period. Uh, and again, these both are variables that can be again further changed by by uh, uh, by uh, uh, you know on chain. Uh, 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 governance process, right? So, in the Cash Network, um, the voting period is about one, actually one week now. Recently, I think it, it was two weeks, but it, it, it came down to one week, and the deposit is about thousand uh, AKT, right? So, uh, it, so yeah, the, the process really includes like there is a so anyone with five hundred AKT can propose. Uh, there are several types of types of proposals. There is, you know, a text proposal, which is usually a signaling proposal, you call it, the binary upgrade proposal uh, that basically says, hey, we're going to, like, you know, upgrade. All the validators are going to upgrade upgrade the binaries to a new version. This is the version we're going to upgrade to. This is the uh, the SHA hash of the version, uh, which is a signature of the, of the binary file. This is, the, this is the version number and whatnot. And we're going to upgrade at this particular block number, right? So all come to an agreement and just uh, swap the binary. Uh, to this new, that's how the upgrades happen. And there's usually upgrade process, right? Like depending on the type of upgrade, uh, for mainnet three, there's actually a manual upgrade because it's a completely different chain that you're like, uh, that you're like uh, booting uh, because, you know, we essentially create a new fork uh, of the mainnet two and transfer all the data from mainnet two to mainnet three. So some, uh, some upgrades are larger than other upgrades. Uh, uh, but if it's simple like binary uh, binary swap, it uh, it happens fairly quickly. So it, it really depends on on uh, uh, depends the upgrade process on the on the type of upgrade. Got it. Or cool. Upgrade. Yeah, and, and to add to Greg's point, you, you need a little bit of a command line knowledge to get your way to actually proposing it on chain. I know some people are developing UIs to make it easier for everybody to make proposals but currently you're going to have to download the akash binary and figure out some of the flags to submit that transaction on chain yep got it so i kind of want to ask uh, a dumb question now for for chalabi here i'm a pretty smart guy but you know not always <laughs> um so if i'm getting this right each node votes on whether to accept or reject the proposed changes uh, to a chain and when i say node does that mean only node validators can vote on governance proposals and then who can vote and does one vote count when, you know, validators sometimes hold a lot of sway over the network? Yeah. So the cool thing is, is um, you can take a backseat on your votes and proxy your votes to validators and have their opinion reflect yours on chain. But at any moment you can take, whether you have one AKT, two AKT or a hundred thousand AKT and vote on that proposal yourself. Um, I think that's the cool thing where, People say, oh, these votes don't matter because validator number one holds X percentage of the voting power. But validator number one's delegators can easily vote with their own say for any proposal. So when so, for example, if there's a governance proposal up and um, I'm, you know, staking to X validator, if, if I don't vote using those stake kind of tokens that I have, will it automatically kind of go to that validator to vote like on my behalf? Is that basically how it works? Exactly. So long as your validator votes, that counts as a vote for your token share as well. But at any moment, you can decide you want to vote on the proposal yourself and change that. Very cool. Cool. Um, 
excellent. So uh, I have a couple more questions for Greg and uh, Chalabi here. So for folks listening in, now is a great time to make a speaker request and I will get you involved in the conversation. See a handful of familiar faces, Yopster, Coney Daddy, Koshalytics is always on here. Um, Punzi, I'm sure Punzi will jump in at some point. So thank you all for joining. Um, so going back to, da, 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 to uh, Greg. So once a governance proposal is voted on and approved by the community, what happens at that point? Who is in charge of implementing the changes to proof of stake networks? And, you know, how long can it take to implement those changes? Uh, simple answer is no one and everyone. So there is no like single person that's responsible for upgrading software, but everybody needs to come together and, and, and upgrade. So that's why it's a shit show, right? So every upgrade takes a long time because it's quite a bit of coordination amongst validators. There's usually one validator, like someone like Chandra takes a lot of like, a lot of like leadership, right? In, 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 in upgrades, right? So we see one validator usually take the role of a leader to bring everybody together. And, you know, they all like coordinate, uh, coordinate over, um, you, know, you know, Discord and whatnot. Sometimes we'll, 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 we'll facilitate like discussions too, because we know a lot of validators. And as long as like 67% of the validators uh, come and upgrade the binary, I think it starts, uh, it, it'll, you know, uh, it'll upgrade and the rest of them that don't upgrade will be jailed. Uh, and so, you know, depending on the update as well, it's like a really major update and everybody needs to, needs to upgrade to a new version. Uh, it happens that way, but there is no, like, uh, there is no, like, Hey, you go to this person, this person is responsible for upgrade, right? It's a decentralized problem. Uh, as, as beautiful as, as it is, some of these upgrades are very, very challenging. And that's what makes it amazing because you know it's about coming to consensus, right? Everybody needs to agree that this is the this is approved and this is the future of the this upgrade is the future of the chain, right? And that's why you have like and one of the remarkable uh, features of uh, proof of stake system. So in general, uh, it doesn't go down uh, if if it's designed well. Like Akash has hasn't haven't had fortunately a a, a chain halt event or any of the Critical events uh, so far, and especially our upgrades have been extremely smooth. So, you know, and the reason why that is is we have rigorous, high, highly rigorous like testing uh, mechanism. We we talk about these features for for months on out before we make a change. We're extremely diligent. Uh, we we we're extremely thorough when it comes to testing, and everybody and it comes to agreement. All our validators are very very strong. When it comes to like yes, uh, agreement on, on a code version. If there is anything that could be potentially uh, flawed, those issues will be brought up uh, during testnet or earlier, right? So having that like strong regime of thorough reviews and thorough testing and thorough consensus gives the strength uh, to a blockchain, right? And Akash, uh, the strength of Akash's stability comes through this 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 mechanism. If I can add to what Greg's saying, Adam, it's such a dynamic situation um, upgrading chains because, like, if you take, for example, mainnet to upgrade on Akash, that that went super smooth and was really quick because more than 67% of the voting power was on board. We had the Akash team who was uh, providing us heavily audited code that they knew would work. And then you can go over to situations like emergency upgrades, like on Juno, we were supposed to upgrade within six hours and the network was halted due to an attack. And we're in a position to where validators have to coordinate on Discord or Telegram or wherever they may be, um, find the binary, figure out the steps, right? Wait on weird things. There was a situation on the Juno upgrade where people were waiting on something called a crisis invariant check. And one of those checks was pretty much every single delegation and staking transaction on Juno had to be ran through and double checked on every single node. And that check took over six to eight hours for some people. So it can really get crazy at times. And I think people don't really realize what goes into an upgrade, whether it's from the network itself or the people keeping up with the code or even just on the validators end. So you actually just talked about something. Uh, maybe we'll stick to that for a second. So you mentioned the Juno chain kind of halt and there was some um, updates that needed to kind of take place. Uh, for folks listening in, could you maybe give the high level of kind of what happened and then maybe even cover 
kind of what are what are things that can be shared during those kind of tumultuous times where you know a chain has to be halted, things have to be tweaked. That kind of gives a little bit of uh, comfort to the community that you know supports a project. Yeah, well, we had a team of all stars on the back end working on the Juno code, right, and coordinating the effort to upgrade. Um, you asked things that aren't shared. Um, the tags of the binaries were kept secret just around the validators. They were asked to not share them. Um, they weren't released till an hour before the proposed upgrade time itself. So some things had to be kept on the low. And I'm sorry, what else did you ask? Oh, I'm uh, just basically like when when that happens, you know, it creates FUD within any community. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of curious if there's anything that can be shared um, to kind of like help comfort folks in the community that support a project when something like this happens. Like, what can be shared? Like, when things are happening, is it just rapid transparency, posting things on Discord? Like, we're working on this. This is what's happening. Um, what are the things like the kind of top level things that you think can be shared when something like this happens with community members that are a little bit like sketched out by what, what takes place? Yeah, maybe Greg can chime in on this, too. I feel like um, at at that position, you're really putting your trust in uh, a little bit into who you delegate to and ensuring that they'll make their time available to, you, you know, attend an emergency upgrade but also the, the team from their network, right? Because it was mainly the core one and core two devs. If you guys aren't familiar, Juno has these main um, developers and core one and core two were the people who were working on the upgrade for, I don't know, 24, 48 hours and coordinating the effort till we finally upgraded the chain after it halted. Um, they were transparent, right? They shared why it happened on Twitter as soon as they found it out. Um, they shared their solution to it. I guess to your point, yeah, as long as you're transparent, really, that the, that's all the comfort you can offer people because you don't really know if it'll succeed or not till you do it. I agree. So, like, as much as I love to talk about how resilient we are, there is no guarantee in the future there might be an event that would cause, you know, uh, a, a, a fault to occur on Akash, right? It's really not about, I mean, you can, you can prepare as much as you can and ready for be ready for you know whatever uh, load or whatever your system is going to take, but ultimately faults are bound to happen. And the real question is, what does how how does the community come together and resolve the fault? And that's the definition of fault tolerance. Fault tolerance is not about avoiding fault, not fault avoidance. It's tolerating fault. Like, what do you do when you get punched in the face? How do you get up? How quickly you get up, right? So what Juno team has uh, has uh, demonstrated is a remarkable resilience, right? So, you know, they knew the, uh, it was a known sort of like, uh, you know, vulnerability. Um, I mean, it was, and, uh, you know, and, and they, they came together, aggressively implemented a fix, the, the validator set came together, uh, coordinated well, and, and, and applied a fix. And that really gives a lot of confidence, right? Uh, from the community itself, that that yes, you know, these guys can withstand uh, the uh, you know such events and they can come back up. So ultimately, what it comes down to is transparency. How open they were. Nobody was trying to hide the vulnerability. And one attacker looks like uh, you know abused that vulnerability uh, because it got public, right? And uh, but the team came together and like you know. Uh, did the whole upgrade in a fully transparent way and everybody got to see what it takes, you know, especially uh, how the team reacted under directs and they all came together and fixed it. So that gave me a lot more confidence in the Juno team uh, than the FUD it potentially generated from a chain of the event, right? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing that to be able to demonstrate this fault tolerance. So, uh, and that's what makes, you know, Web3 and like, uh, the core, the core tenant of Web three is openness and transparency, right? and, and and events like this kind of test that. And and uh, Juno came out with flying colors. Yeah, yeah sometimes fault tolerance isn't just about the code, but also the, the people behind the code and the community. So correct. So fault tolerance in in crypto is beyond code. Right? It's about community because you can fix the code. The core team could have fixed the code and like. Uh, you know, put a patch out there, but the community coming together and coordinating like, to update that takes, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very challenging. I always like, like, 
coming from a web to you know world where you basically ship updates multiple times a day right we went into this like multi you know uh, what you call rapid deployment right uh, or continuous deployment you call it tscd uh, where it comes to like web3 that's opposite you don't continuously deploy you you absolutely like you know uh, tested diligently and so i always wondered how rapid uh, a community can be in implementing like security fixes uh, but after looking at juno i'm you know i'm very uh, uh, positive in terms of community coming together and fixing it uh, and fixing it uh, as soon as possible and the beautiful thing about like even in case there was a loss of funds uh, community could have voted right to recover those funds so even if there's an exploit that completely abused it uh, you know that could have been reversed uh, using uh, on chain governance so I have a lot of confidence uh, in the system of on chain governance and on chain based upgrades cool yeah kudos to the whole juno team community for kind of working through that stuff so i do have one final question before opening it up to audience questions so now is the time to make a speaker request and at the end of this I will get you involved in the conversation. You can ask your question for Greg and Chalabi. So there was a recent post by Ryan Adams, who's a pretty well-known guy in the Ethereum space and a, the co-host of the Bankless podcast um, that I really think touches on governance. So I'm going to read the tweet off. So I was one of the first validators on Cosmos. The validator set was cartelized, which I'm cartelized. I don't, I don't know if that's a word, by the way, um, from launch. It's kind of strong language. Insiders, employees, whales, less than 10 controlled the network. Every Cosmos-style decentralized proof-of-stake system ends up like this. Terra has the same design. I struggle calling this DeFi. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on this tweet. You know, are proof-of-stake chains too centralized? And how do you combat this kind of line of thinking? Well, so there is some truth to what, uh, you know, uh, what Ryan Adams said. but but I think that tweet itself was constructed with a bit of, uh, extremely toxically, right? Like so, the 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 general statement that all Cosmos chains end up like this and uh, the cartelizing, which is completely, it's not very true. I mean, the, the truth is, you know, the top like I would say like twelve uh, validators uh, control uh, or the top fifteen validators, or thirteen validators in 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 Cosmos. Cosmos Hub control over fifty one percent of voting power, right? Yes, is that ideal? Probably not, right? But um, you know, ideally, we'd like to see a lot better distribution, right? So that is the reality, and 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 also, like, look at the you know, what does it mean? Control, control. They they, they propose uh, you know fifty one percent of the blocks are proposed by the top thirteen, but the actual distribution of the tokens is a lot more decentralized, right? So, and we have to, as, as a community together, come together and figure out ways how smaller validators can have much bigger power, right? So that's the reality. And uh, I think no one is denying that. And even in Akash, like you have like top 10 validators control over 50% of the network. Ideally, I like to see that we are uh, a lot more distributed, right? Uh, so my my feeling about the tweet is like there is some reality, there's some truth to it, but the truth is being like sort of like uh, uh, you know uh, conceived by the toxicity of the tweet, uh, and uh, and it really comes back to like okay, like are decentralized systems truly decentralized? That when it comes to like control, like not uh, I think they're decentralized, right? I mean, Bitcoin, like um, you know. Uh, you, you know, uh, Ethereum, and Cosmos, and Cosmos related chains. When it comes to control, who actually has control? Like, I believe uh, the distribution, the actual token holders, if you think about it, have a, have a lot of power on the network, right? But you know, when it comes to validator distribution, not so much, right? So, what that means is like, well, if the chain, you know, is, is acting on, on behalf of its and in good faith, on behalf of its uh, users, or the validators are, are acting, and they're not coordinating amongst each other and causing like 
uh, and behaving like bad actors, the change is good. But if that changes, uh, you know, voters will come and, and essentially like poke the chain off, right? And, and go in its own way, right? So, so like, uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the systems are decentralized sufficiently enough uh, to a point if there is something terrible, the chains can always fork and go in separate direction. And forking is not necessarily a smooth process. It will damage the community's trust and it will lead to a lot of like uh, un unwanted uh, behavior from the community, right? So, um, so right. So, uh, but this is way better than than most centralized systems. Right? Like, like the fact that the community can go go that way. So it's not ideal. We're not fully there yet, but it's significantly better than what anything out there. Where it's really come down to Bitcoin, right? Like Bitcoin is the most secure network, but but. Bottom line is like the hash power is controlled by a few few people. Same thing with Ethereum, like you know, Lido Finance controls a lot of the staking, right? So nothing is perfect, but nothing is imperfect too. But and 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 the goal of uh, you know Web three in general is to get to that hyper decentralization, and that's going to take time. Sorry for the long winded answer, but that's my thoughts on that on the tweet. Yeah, no, no worries, Greg Chalabi. Anything to add there? I think. Greg echoed most of the sentiments that, you know, came to mind when I was reading over that tweet and, and heard you reread it to us all right here. Excellent. Cool. So it looks like we do have an audience question. So for anyone else that wants to make a, a speaker request, just go ahead and I'll get you involved right after this. So, Tim, feel free to unmute your microphone, introduce yourself and ask your question for Greg and Chalabi. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, my name's Tim. I currently run about 60 nodes on a different network, um, a couple on another network. I don't know what I'm allowed to say on here, so I'll just keep it kind of vague. Um, and I found out about Acash. I'm very excited about the project. Found out about it about maybe, I don't know, six months ago now. Um, I put my name on the waiting list to get one of the Acash minis, or I can't remember the exact name of it. Um, never heard anything back about it. Um, I would like to run nodes on this network and I'm just haven't found the place to get more information about doing it. And I just would like to participate and just find out how. Got it. So it's, it's Akash, uh, the right way to say Akash. Uh, Akash. Okay. Sorry. The sky in Sanskrit and that's where the clouds come. That's where the name comes from. So regarding okay. super mini, we did update people. We sent you an email. Yeah. If you were on the waiting list, you should have yep. gotten an email about a plan mm -hmm. for Super Mini. Super Mini is being postponed uh, to a point where we actually have the capabilities in the network to to make Super Mini economics feasible. Uh, okay. So you know it is it is postponed for the time being. But to become a provider on a cash, you don't need Super Mini. Obviously, we have little over thirty three providers that are you know uh, primarily coming from data centers. You can go to our documentations, the documentation side, Doctor Akasha Network. Under that, you will see thorough like information on how to become a provider. But if you don't want to mm -hmm. go through the pain, there's there are several ways. There's an app called uh, Praetor. Uh, I just talked about it, P-R-A-E-T-O-R app.com. You can go there, simply follow the on-screen on instructions to click, 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 become a provider on Akash. Uh, there's also another uh, app called Handy OSS, or Handy Miner, they call it. There's another visual way to become a provider on a network. So there are two apps that can simplify your provider setup as well as documentation on the website. Okay, and one last question. And there's also a Discord channel and a forum. So if you have long winded questions, you can come to the forum. Uh, also come to a Discord channel. Uh, there's a provider like uh, subgroup there that you can uh, have all your uh, questions answered. Okay, thank yeah. you. One last question. Um, do I need to provide a server to do this or can I do it in the cloud? You can do it on the cloud, but your economics won't make sense. Right? Yes. You definitely need to make sure it's possible, but I don't know why you would do it. Uh, unless you have like a special deal with Amazon that gives you significantly lower. Remember, Akash right now is very competitive. That means yeah. the prices are anywhere 90% cheaper than Amazon. So you'll be losing money if you're running on the cloud. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, unless cool, you thanks. have like a reserved instance pricing that some of the providers have like special some some folks have special pricing from amazon exactly. uh, yeah. like if you have that then you can be like profitable right so i mean it really depends yeah because i already run a lot of stuff i have a lot of things running already so but, okay thank you what what i would recommend is like if you have like a server running that you're using completely for amazon and you have mm -hmm. kubernetes running on it if you have some extra space you can give it that you're not using maybe you can make some money on a cash right yeah like, yeah you can yeah, do it's that. Not, it's not really for me about making money it's more about you know building the network and trying to get you know another project for me going um because I already am in, you know, a couple coin projects, you know, or, you know, blockchain projects that I run, you know, nodes for. I just want to get more, a little more diverse. And I, I really like the, the idea of this project. So I just kind of want to get involved in the project more than I'm worried about mining a, a token or trying to make money on the economics of it right now. I just want to get started. That's my whole thing. I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time getting started and I've heard about it six months ago and I still don't have anything running, you know? Got it. So that's my thing. And we're, we're going to, you know, take that feedback. We're actually improving quite a bit. Uh, another big update I forgot to tell is we do have a new head of product we'll be announcing very soon. This person comes from, I'm not going to say who it is because uh, I think the community will, will, would be love this person, but he comes from very, very deep cloud background. Uh, if I tell the companies, you'll probably know who he is, but uh, anyway, so uh, we're improving, we're making significant investments in simplifying the process. And the big uh, contributions really come from our ecosystem projects like Praetor and whatnot, uh, but that's just going to get simpler and simpler and simpler to a point where if you have an Amazon, um, you know, special pricing on Amazon or or Azure, you should be able to offload some of the compute with them, with some clicks instead of like going through the hoops, you know. Uh, but uh, yes, it's going to just get better and better. Thank you. Thank you for the for the question, Tim. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, cool. So I think we have time for another question here. So it looks like Zeus, feel free to unmute your microphone, uh, introduce yourself, and ask your question for Greg and Chalabi. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Greg, I'm a huge fan of the project. Uh, I don't know if you remember, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Um, and since then, I have been majorly shilling your project everywhere. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, um, some cool things that um, I don't know if you've looked into, but Dystopia AI is a project. I'm not shilling the project. Their founders are using a major, major amount of GPU to do this, um, these calculations for their AI stuff. And I told mm -hmm. them they should definitely get in contact with you um, since you're getting GPU soon. So um, uh, that's Dystopia AI. They were very interested. Um, and then also another one on Cadena. There's another project that's uh, called Tippy or Tipsy, Tip, Tippy, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're building an index search engine. I also, t because they're storing all of their data off chain and using a mm -hmm. massive amount of resources, I also told them to look into um, contacting you so they can get some uh, stuff. Anyway, um, that was just a... Just letting you know I've been showing, showing your project. <laughs> um, anyway, awesome. Is, Thank you so much. Yeah, so I have a couple of questions for you. Um, really, I heard uh, maybe you could drop some alpha. I'd really love it. I heard some whisperings here and there. Thorchain might be coming to Akash. Any feedback? Yes, uh, actually, very. So Thorchain has 21 validators. Uh, we will be one of the 21 validators on, on Thorchain. The Akash network will be. Uh, we're going to also, like, of course, this uh, Torchain, so for context, Torchain, most of the nodes uh, on Torchain are running on um, on the centralized cloud and they themselves are not happy about it. Uh, and they're very, very bullish on uh, Akash as a decentralized cloud solution. Uh, we needed to have persistent storage for in order for Torchain to be able to run on Akash. And persistent storage is coming to mainnet in, in a couple of weeks now, I think. Uh, so as soon as we have persistent storage on, on Akash, the first application that's going to go live is Thorchain validators. They've been very kind enough uh, to to agree to uh, delegate some of their foundation treasury to Akash uh, to get Akash charter. So they're very, very forthcoming and very helpful. And uh, uh, I'm going to make this alpha right now. We're going to actually, uh, so of course, being a validator means we're going to you know make money on Thorchain. So 
whatever income we we make, whatever money we make of from validating Torchain, we're going to put that in a community fund, uh, and we'll have community vote on how those uh, 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 Tor uh, tokens be spent, right? Either a drop back to the community, or maybe purchase AKT using the Tor tokens, or you know whatever the community decides, we're going to uh, implement that. But Overclock Labs will take uh, the proxy. Uh, to run the infrastructure on behalf of Akash Network uh, for Thorchain, and Akash will become one of the validators for Thorchain. That is that is just amazing news. That's so bullish. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Alpha. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, so there's some Alpha for you. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I know we're running out of time, but two last quick questions. I recently heard about Kava, a new platform where you can actually take your Akash and uh, borrow against it at about a 50% LTV. Um, mm -hmm. any, any sort of uh, feedback there? Oh yeah, you can't totally. Well, I actually did it myself. I was able to like, you know, of course I'm hyper bullish in Akash and don't want to sell Akash, but you know, if you want to get liquidity without selling Akash, you can actually borrow against it. And another advantage is you don't take a tax hit, right? Because you're not selling technically. So I highly recommend folks to go check out Kava Lend. Akash has beautiful liquidity there, and you can you know borrow against it against your Akash tokens without having to sell it. Uh, so it's, it's live and ready to go. And yeah. it's super low interest too. Like, if you think about it, like, you know, um, say you, if you want to buy a house, you can go and, you know, get a bank loan uh, at like 2% APR. Now the interests are very high. With a with, with, with Kava, you could get 1.5% interest on Cosmos, right? Or Atom. Uh, so you can actually take your, uh, take your Akash tokens, um, you know, borrow Atom against your Akash tokens at 1.5 interest liquidate those atoms for cash and uh, you know you're not technically selling because you're you know well you're selling atom but your cost basis is net 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 uh, net, net zero because you're immediately selling it so you don't take a tax hit there uh, but uh, and then you can get liquid and you can transfer that to your coinbase or whatever and, and, and actually take cash out of it Super exciting. Uh, one of the most power, powerful powerful things you can do with your your crypto is collateralize it in times of mm -hmm. uh, so very, very bullish. Thank you so much for, for taking these questions and for your time and, and your energy, your commuting, your devoting to the community is really magical. Um, I have one final question. I work with a couple of different companies, IRL, and I'm sure other people do as well. What is the best way for these, these sort of companies in the 2D world to contact you and, and sort of for larger partnerships? What is, the, what is the way to get a hold of you? What's the best way? Yeah, Twitter is the best way. Uh, email or actually email is, email is a little better. I'm, very, I'm, I'm top of email. Uh, Greg at Akash.network is my email address. Uh, email is better because I can bring in the necessary folks and we can continue the conversation. Uh, uh, and Twitter, obviously, uh, you know, uh, these days I'm a little overwhelmed because of too many, too many DMs, but, but uh, I'll try to respond as quick as possible. But email, email is, is great. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Akash, for hosting. Thanks, everyone. Uh, appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Zeus. Uh, great questions. Thank you so much, Zeus. So with that, I think we're going to wrap things up today. Um, I'm going to give out a couple quick reminders. So uh, next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's when our next Twitter Spaces event will Hello. be. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, sorry, I yes. dropped off. Oh. One more thing, one more thing before you wrap up. Sure. We are heavily, heavily expanding our team. Uh, so we are right now looking for a... Uh, DevOps slash SRE person or site reliability engineering person to join our team. Uh, right now, Akash has what thirty odd providers. In next twelve months, I want to be, I want to see three hundred providers in Akash. Right. Uh, hopefully, Patreon is going to help us, and that means we need to hire up and we need to really uh, expand our DevOps and uh, site reliability engineering teams. So we are looking aggressively. I'll be tweeting out very soon about it, but go to our careers website, uh, akash.network slash careers. Uh, there is a job description there. Please apply. Please, if you know anybody, uh, please uh, have them apply. I'm also giving out $15,000 in, in referral fees paid out after three months of continuous employment. So you will get $15,000 in AKT if you refer anybody. Uh, and uh, uh, please uh, please help us uh, you know, expand our team uh, because that's going to be integral to Akash. Excellent. 
Thank you for that, Greg. So, yep, as a reminder, next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific is going to be our next Twitter Spaces event. Um, if you have any final thoughts or feedback on today's event or want to keep this conversation going, head over to the Akash Network Telegram, Discourse Forum, or Discord channels and jump in there. And then, yes, as Greg mentioned, we do have a handful of roles open. Head over to akash.network in the careers page, and you can review all the roles that we have open right now. From everyone here at Overclock Labs, thank you for joining today's event. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Chalabi, for joining. And we'll see you in the metaverse. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly, Chain Governance with Chandra Station, recorded on Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Have you heard about the new Terra Invest Strategy Discord server Orbital Command spun up? If you're looking for a chill place to chat about different Luna stacking strategies or looking for some alpha or if you're trying to find the best UST farms or even if you just have a quick question you need answered, be sure to stop by TIS and say hi to the Orbital Command gang. Hell, I'm even in there sometimes when I'm not editing hours of CFI spaces. You can find me in that server chatting about NFTs and answering basic Terra Luna questions. The link to the server is in the show notes, and for more information, check out orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portals that'll take me down a corridor. I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance. The cord looks source from ancient coordinates. Smells like musty mutants, trust me. I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling. I must be getting close, yo, the scene is disgusting. Parasitic mutation, bleaching off the country. Grab a couple samples and defy their custody. Feeding gamma rays to the beast and peak velocity. Mutating awesomely. Priests, they don't want to meet. Taking all the scraps and feed them to the lottery. Always evolving to defy the possibly These are the things that will scream irresponsibly Feeling uneasy, these genes get them off of me I don't mean to trip it, am I mutating properly? We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms But I can't stop now Mutation It's an art form, don't be alarmed If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm Spinning crop circles in your yard Reaching the stars, need a way to get across Got this little mutation Let's me hack key cards Seen looking like it came out the first three saws Flexing like Rex when I mutate the pre-cop Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre-slaw Riders believe they bleed these endorsements Turning scientists into terrorist supporters Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores It's time to forage through DNA lore So sink in a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see We're all mad here, taking over your facility We are the mutants we are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. Tell
Chamber Spaces. Chamber Spaces.